What up, Fightful friends and family, and welcome to another edition of Fightful Wrestling Roundtable. I am your host, Shaquille Matry of CBS Sports, but that is the least of your interests and concerns because we got another stacked S-T-A-C-K-E-D lineup of guest panelists for today. First of all, you know who he is, Simon, uh, Simon Miller, What Culture and Beyond, the Goldberg Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, I guess Luke Owens has <laughs> kind of stolen your thunder on the 316 end a little bit. So you guys got to hash that out. But Simon Miller, how are you, my man? I'm very well. Thank you very much, my friend. It's a pleasure to be here. And yeah, Luke can have all of that stuff. Like, uh, I, I regret putting 316 in my Twitter handle. I never knew what my future held. But here we are. And, and there's no going back. <laughs> Oh, we also got Alex, Queen of the Ring. First, we had the interview Queen Alicia, too. The royalty just keeps on rolling in. Of course, she's from Church and Joshi and everywhere else. Alex, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm ready to dish it out in this infamous Elite roundtable. Elite. I like the sound of that. Yeah. And speaking of Elite, if he's not doing wrestle rap, you're seeing him everywhere from the Renee Paquette. Uh, oh man, what's called oral sessions with Renee Paquette, all the way to Good Brothers podcast. Sorry, guys, I am so in desperate need of a coffee, but fortunately, we have Emilio Sparks energy to bring me back to life. Pedialyte and all, how are you, Emilio? <laughs> oh man, this episode of whatever we're doing right now is sponsored by Pedialyte and my stomach virus. Uh, Simon <laughs> Queen, it's a pleasure. Shaq, man, I gotta say, big fan of what you guys do, and I'm ready to talk some graps today, but. Yeah, I do all the podcasts, the sessions with Renee Paquette, talking shop with the good brothers and Rocky Romero and wrestle rap with the mighty Vin. So if you've heard some of these things, hey, I'm here to do what we do here. So let's go. And if you haven't, you've got so much content to check out immediately after this roundtable from everyone involved. Right, uh, like you're snoozing. Yeah, look at that. Get Quick shout out to Sean Ross Sapp, obviously not here, but you may get a cameo later on the show. We'll see about that. Guys, let's get started. First, if you haven't, please, if you're a returning or new viewer, Maybe you join one of these wonderful people over at Fightful. Please subscribe, notification bell, thumbs up. All that goes a long way. We'll cover three topics today plus a Q&A. So if you have a question you'd like asked, please leave a super chat. We'll get to it at the end of the show. Maybe bust out a little bonus topic. Let's get going, guys. First things first, Royal Rumble season. It's uh, No matter how disenfranchised you may sometimes be with the WWE, there is nothing like Royal Rumble season to get you back <laughs> into the swing of things. And with the Royal Rumble comes so much. Who should win? Who's going to WrestleMania? Surprise entrances. I want to start here, though. Um, Obviously, fans are always critical about WWE's sort of development of main roster stars. And I was looking down the list of potential Royal Rumble winners this year. I'll be honest, especially when you've got uh, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, champion versus champion on the horizon... Who looks like a legitimate contender to win that thing? Simon, I'll go to you first. Well, I mean, before all the recent changes, I thought we were going to have a big E redemption story. It was going to win. It was going to be lovely. But I don't think that anymore. I think I think everything that's happened over the last few weeks means we're heading in a vastly different direction. So I kind of have two picks for it. I have this vision that the Men's Raw Rumble will be the main event and there will be some title changes either between Brock and Roman or, um, uh, sorry, Roman and Seth and Bobby Lashley and Brock. And then whoever kind of loses that may pivot into the Raw Rumble 
and win it. I can see genuinely see Roman Reigns losing his his championship and then winning the Rumble. I can totally see it. But if we're not going to do that and Seth Rollins is going to get a win, then it could be Kevin Owens' year, which for me personally would be wonderful because I love that man. I always felt like he deserved an honor or an accolade like that. I mean, the last time he got anything was it was what, 2016? He was universal champion. So these are the two things that I'm going for. But you do make a great point when you go through the list. There's no one that really jumps out with you. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure how they would tie this into WrestleMania. But if you wanted to give it to Austin Theory and say, we are pushing this guy, I'd say, hell yeah. WWE has never really done that. Like, use the Royal Rumble as this huge stepping off point. Or at least they haven't for a long time. But uh, I, I can't see it happening. I would put my money on, I mean, Biggie outside bet, Kevin Owens. Or I, if, if Roman's going to lose, or if Brock's going to lose, I can see one of them going into the Rumble and, yeah, and being victorious. That's more than one answer, Simon. Although I don't I think know. I decide to keep you to one answer. Uh, <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> nah, it's okay. Alex, uh, where do we got you at? Uh, so I'm going to agree with Simon. I also think that Kevin Owens has the potential to win, especially now he's just resigned. I'm sure there is probably something new in his contract to maybe push him especially with a royal rumble win a wrestlemania win again there's that story with universal title he could go after that he's never had his technical rematch i guess and also brock kevin owens that could be a really good build up to wrestlemania as well kevin owens has the potential has the talent to put over a a program whatever they deliver him and especially with most of his friends jumping ship to AEW, there's got to be something tying da- tying him down with uh wwe so hopefully um he has a royal rumble win but over with the women i think this year naomi should win I think right now, Naomi has the one consistent storyline in WWE. It's been going on since August with Sonya Deville. And we have yet to have a real reason as to why Sonya Deville is doing this to Naomi. And so I think this is the time, this is the time to do it, right? I mean, Naomi not only gets the ultimate payoff of winning the Royal Rumble, but at the same time, uh, she can come in as number one, or even in an early stage, she can be the Iron Woman in that Royal Rumble. Sonia Deville can send out different people, send out Sena Baszler, send out uh, Raquel Gonzalez. They've done it before where they've built Royal Rumbles around one person. So why not do it with Naomi? And I think it's her time. Did we ever get any context? I have to watch SmackDown. And granted, <laughs> sometimes SmackDown could be pretty entertaining. Why... Were Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville complaining about the thermostat in the office? Did we ever get any sort of? I was ready for Kane. No. I was ready for Naomi. For a pun. Just messing around. No. <laughs> like, it was no. done for no. a pun. <laughs> you get no context. There's never a follow through with anything. It's just whatever. It's just out into the ether and then it never exists, never mentioned ever again. Uh, before you go on to Emilio Simon, did you want to give a quick pick for the women's rumble? Yeah, sorry. I thought we were just doing men's. Um, how. Uh... Loose are we being with our language in terms of spoilers? Are, are we mentioning? Are we not mentioning? Are we being kind to people that uh, may not want spoilers? Listen, you're probably more in the loop than I am. Uh, I'm going to say go for it. I feel like the Fightful fans are informed. Go for it. Uh, I, 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 unless I, you've seen the script and you know the winner. Yeah, yeah, I wrote it. I wrote okay. it. <laughs> I, I'm convinced this Ronda Rousey rumors. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I could just be being a massive nerd, which I, I tend to be. But I've totally bought into them because I think it makes sense. 
Uh, and if not her, I think you've got to give it to Bianca Belair. You know, I would do a, I would definitely do a, a repeat for her because I think that's just got super, again, just got superstar written all over it. But if the Rousey stuff is true, yeah, it will, it will definitely be Rousey. And if it's not true, then I'll go with Bianca. Okay. Emilio, let's start with the women since we're on that topic. Yeah, I think I got to, I definitely have to piggyback on what Simon was saying just because of the whole like kerfuffle that the internet is causing right now with Ronda Rousey. And I think what, what better way, and I think Alex, because she is more in tune with the women's division in SmackDown and Raw, she could, she could definitely shed more light onto this. But as far as, as just divisions go, the men and the women, it is so paper thin in terms of how you build your talent that they definitely and shame on them for doing it, but they, they definitely need the status of a Ronda Rousey to come in and to shake things up just a bit. Now, if she comes in and wins the rumble at number 27, I think that's the wise choice. She comes in, she does the judo throws, a couple of punches, kicks, whatever wins points to the sign. We keep it moving. And then she can go on and she can face whoever, right? I think she she was already raw women's champion. Why not work the Friday and face Charlotte Flair? So like we had, let's do that now because she did it with Bex. Now let her work the queen if Charlotte, you know, stays women's champion on blue for an extended period of time. Um, As far as my dark horse pick, I would love to see Asuka because where the hell has Asuka been? You know, and who better than to come back than to have Oscar? To me, she's the the perfect in regards to a professional wrestler, not even a women's professional wrestler. She's the perfect wrestler. And I know she was injured. I don't know the severity of the injury, but it's been an extremely long time since Oscar has been on WWE programming. And what better way to come back? Even if she doesn't win the thing, I think to have her come in and maybe do the Natty run where, you know, I, I think it was Natty has over an hour in. I would love to see Oscar take that record or even a Bianca. I, I would love to see Bianca win and become a two-time women's WWE Royal Rumble winner. But again, uh, who knows, you know, what goes on with Bex and Bianca and, and Dewdrop. Maybe we see something where Bex interferes with uh, Bianca interferes with Bex and Dewdrop. And then we see that. And maybe there's like a thing that leads into that for, for WrestleMania. I, I don't know. There is more interest for me this year than any other year in the women's Royal Rumble because that has more intrigue to me. And and maybe it's because they already listed all the entrants and all the surprises, so on and so forth. But the men's side is so thin in terms of a, a roster. It's like, whoa, what, what are you guys doing? Like, you could build so many guys. And they used to do this. And, and I'm old enough to know this that they used to make it a big deal where for several weeks and maybe even several months, they would have these, these mid-card guys really go off on these tears and really look credible for where they would come in. And if they were, let's say, a number 12 entrant, they would stay to like number 20. And the commentators would really put over that this could be this individual's year. Mm -hmm. They haven't done that in a long time. So when you look at all the male stuff, you're like, damn, 
who could really come from out and be that dark horse winner? A lot of people were shocked when McIntyre won because it was kind of unexpected. They were really playing it up against that. This was Broxia to win the Royal Rumble. And then they had that beautiful storyline with Ricochet coming in. And then, you know, the, the, the Claymore and Brock was out. And then that really started this rise for, for Drew. But this year, there really isn't that. Would I love to see a guy like Damian Priest like get the opportunity to really show and 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 blow up and have the elimination run where like it was Kane and then it was Roman. Oh, absolutely. But I think in terms of if I have to genuinely pick a winner, I'm going I'm going Kevin Owens as well. Not because you know he's not one of the greatest talkers, but I think he he is so good at being a tweener where well, you need him if he's a heel, you need him as a face. Yeah. He's such a, mm-hmm. a role player that he can do anything depending on who wins out of Brock and Bobby. And if you do, if Brock goes over, then you can really have Kevin do some dynamite fa- uh, heel work for a face Brock. Oh man, you can, you can change the dynamic and you can have a really interesting WrestleMania built. So mm-hmm. those are my picks. Yeah, I um it, the the inner the inner mid to late 2000s impact fan in me is just begging for that Mickey James upset that we're never going to get. But, you know, one 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 can hope and one can dream. What kind of bothers me about um the women's rumble is there are so many contest- participants that I'd say up until like right before WWE Day 1 would have been legit contenders. People like Liv Morgan, Naomi, Bianca Belair, and it just seems like they have so many stars on the precipice of getting that big push, and then they never really give them the run they deserve, right? The, 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 like, Liv Morgan Mania was going insane leading into day one. Bianca Belair, before she got very quickly upset by Becky Lynch, like, they keep getting these women into these prime positions to really push them and make them the face of the women's division, and then they just kind of go back to who they know. So my heart's kind of broken going into the Women's Royal Rumble, but I I do think Alex has a good point. It'd be really nice to get a payoff off this Naomi-Sonya Deville feud, especially in a sense where, you know, you've been sticking it to me, you've been holding me back, and here I am. I won the Royal Rumble. No one can say anything. I'm going to WrestleMania. So I'm going to... Alex won me over with that one. I like that idea. Well, I am going to add, I did want to add like Ronda Rousey coming out. That would be great. But Ronda Rousey does not need a Royal Rumble win in order to go on to WrestleMania. I do think that maybe if she does come back, if she returns at the Rumble, uh, however it may be, even on Monday Night Raw, she's still going to get a WrestleMania match. I think that they might go ahead and do her versus Becky since we haven't actually got that singles payoff. We only got a triple threat at WrestleMania 35, I believe. So uh, while I do see y'all and I, I do agree with y'all, uh, but also I think another thing that we've hi- that we should highlight, which I actually said on Twitter, I'm pretty sure Mickey James is the first active Maybe not first. Maybe it's been a while. I know some people brought up Dan Severin, uh, but I think she's the first active world champion to compete from an active per- uh, promotion, another promotion that has no ties with WWE and that's actually competing in a Royal Rumble. Although the spoiler, you know, I would have loved if it was a surprise as well, but I think that's merit to for the women to Royal yeah. Rumble to main event Royal Rumble just alone on that. So uh but we'll see. 
we'll see what happens Saturday. Yeah, and I think Alex make a good point. If you want to, like, you know, Naomi's been getting the better of Charlotte Flair week after week on SmackDown. So if you want to keep that SmackDown title, then you get to keep Raw open for Becky versus Ronda on the men's side. I know, I know Drew McIntyre is out injured, but he was supposed to be, rumored to be, um, the main feud for either Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar through January. If he's healthy enough to make a one-off appearance at the Rumble, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if they tried to throw him back into the mix. Simon, I'm afraid they're going to do what you're saying they're going to do, because rumor has it, Roman is going to drop the title to Lesnar day one, which, by the way, slap in the face, he was on the verge of being the longest reigning Universal Champ. And then you're gonna <laughs> yeah. you're gonna feed him to Brock. You're gonna you're gonna do that to him then, as if Brock doesn't have enough like <laughs> history making asterisks next to all of his titles. Um, I can definitely see them doing that. Man, I hope not. What's the point? Because you're gonna end up with Roman versus Brock and WrestleMania either way. If you wanted, it seems so counterintuitive. And I know you're not saying they should, but I'm really afraid that you're, what you're saying is gonna be true. <laughs> uh, very quickly. Oh yeah, sorry, Simon. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, I think that's why they'll do it. That usually seems to be what happens. (laughs) Uh, Before we move on to topic number two, very quickly, I would like everyone's... I'll let you choose. Just preface it. Who you think will be the forbidden door entry for the men's side or who you would like it to be. But like it to be within the realm of possibility. We're not doing mocks. We're not doing Cody. I love (laughs) it, but keep that away. Uh, Amelia, we'll start with you. Oh, sorry. I, oh, man, you know, I don't want to be like the cynic and be like, this company doesn't play well with others. And, you know, they don't allow like, you know, to play in the sandbox. But I'm going to I'm gonna, if we if we don't say that, like, you know, like, what's the what's the point? Um, but if if they're more in tune to wanting to and be in a, a utopian society where where wrestling can be perfect for this with this one magical night. Um, I think they would play well in the sandbox with New Japan Pro Wrestling because that's uh, that's something that Triple H wanted to do an extremely long time ago. And I would like to see and I would hope that they would do that because I, I think as a global promotion, why not work with New Japan Pro Wrestling? Um, they're not going to I would love to see them also work with AEW, but we all know that that's not going to happen, you know, in a, in, a, in a real world. But in a in a in this context, um, man, I think anybody from 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 New Japan, I know that uh, Osprey would be a great one. Right. I think. Yeah, I think Tanahashi mm-hmm. would absolutely be bonkers. But I think you you to me, one of the ultimate ones, and I think a huge pop would be uh, Kazuchika Okada, mm-hmm. because, again, who who else there is the benchmark? And when you think of, you know, IWGP royalty in regard championship, it's him, you know, like the guy brings a certain cachet. And he has always been talked about on the Reddits and the the dirt mm-hmm. sheets, if not now, when. And if you really want a great working partnership, because I know they wanted to do a PC in Japan, well, then this is the opportunity to really start to really strengthen that with this. And I think Kazuzuka Okada would be the perfect guy, and it would really pique interest in your international markets as well. 
if the forbidden door, if we're allowed to open it up and somebody's allowed to walk through the thing, <laughs> then it should be Okada. And to support your case, Emilio, let's not forget, uh, they, WWE seemed open to Daniel Bryan's request when he was still with the WWE about working some New Japan dates. Nick Khan came out and said that he's open to it, so... Which, which again, like, you know, it's, it's, they could leave a lot of money on the table working in that Japanese market if they don't do it. And listen, the only time that we ever seen that happen in, in, oh God, the last, I don't know, 40 years was NXT takeover Brooklyn when it was Breeze versus, versus Jushin Liger. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's do it. Like, you know, like I would like. I want to see that happen. Let, let's let's get some I and let's reference the IWGP Championship. Mm -hmm. AJ's had it. Yeah. Brock's had it. Shinsuke's had it. Kurt Angle's had it. Like that's a that's a title that's been part of the fabric of WWE for a minute. Even the ties with the Junior Heavyweight Championship and WWE have held ties together. So this is a company that did play nice for a while. So let's bring it back and let's do it then. So that's that's my pick. It would be Okada. Simon, I'll go with you because I know I cut you off last time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. No, no, that's all good. Uh, I mean, I'd be happy to sacrifice the Forbidden Door for Veer to be in the Royal Rumble. I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. Send Veer. Send But um, in terms of, I, I'd like to see Moose. I really would like to see Moose. I mean, we've already got the relationship between, you know, Mickey doing it on the women's side. So you'd imagine there must be an agreement we can come to on the men's side. And I just think over the last year or so, you know, he's really, really, really coming to his own. Like he's, he's, he's smashing it. He's a great uh, servant, I suppose is a good word for impact. So he's always, I mean, the other day he said he thinks, you know, that, that their product is as good, if not better than WWE or AEW. And whether or not you agree with that is irrelevant. It, that's what you want to hear from the people that are, that are on your brand. So, I mean, I don't really know, you know, to Emilio's point, I don't know how much cachet he would have to the WWE fan base. Cause obviously a lot of WWE fans just watch WWE. So maybe they would look at it as is too beneficial to impact as opposed to us. But I would know, yeah, in this sort of magical land that we're making up, if, uh, if Moose came out, I think, and he's massive too. So I think, you know, you have something to that. Well, who's going to throw him out? So yeah, I, I would like to see that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Alex. I'm going to have to agree with Emilio because that was exactly my answer. Mm. I feel like New Japan you smiling. Is, yeah, because I was like, yep, I agree. I agree because New Japan is the forbidden door that at least WWE would play nice with, I guess, you know, because like I agree with Emilio, you know, this company, I mean, when they announced Mickey James, that was very shocking. But I do think that 
I think there was a point that Triple H did want to work very close with New Japan. I mean, most of the people that he's brought in, like uh, Kushida, like Finn, like AJ Styles, they've all come from New Japan. So I think that WWE has always had a close eye on that company anyway for years to come. Uh, I do think Okada would be a great choice for the Royal Rumble. But I also think, and I'm pretty sure he's injured or maybe not, uh, Kota Ibushi. He's had a relationship with WWE. He's competed in NXT. He's competed in the Cruiserweight uh, tournament as well. So him coming out, uh, he is a high flyer, but he, even so, that's not, you know, necessary for the Royal Rumble. But I think, I do think he would be a good entrant uh, for the Rumble. Um, So yeah, New Japan. (laughs) Uh, Just imagine, imagine like AJ Styles is in the ring and uh, we see Okada walk out. Okada (laughs) and Nakamura. Yeah, that, that is preferably my number one choice but to mix it up a bit um in terms of what i think is possible i think with the relationship with impact they might lean on a former wwe superstar to get that sort of fanfare maybe matt cordona maybe w morrissey kind of makes sense and i I did steal these from a what culture article so i'll shout out your colleague (laughs) simon miller um if if we're gonna go with new japan and it's not okada and it's not tanahashi I would prefer, especially with the idea of working with New Japan, I'd rather have a Japanese wrestler, but I know WWE likes them some Jay White. We know Jay White's been doing some stuff with Impact, and so I could also see that possibly paying out. And that'd, that'd, be, good. that'd be pretty exciting. Um, all right, guys, ready to move on to topic number two? Let's do it. Yes. Look at that. Three <laughs> thumbs up. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Guys, John Moxley makes his return to AEW. And what fan service he got from all but one guy who I think was promptly given the boot. Um, very quickly, I, it'll be a two-parter first. Just uh, quick thoughts on John Moxley's promo. I'd like to think we all here have better taste than Bully Ray. How nice was it to see <laughs> John Moxley get back there, get on the mic, and you know, uh, really open up to people. We'll, we'll, we'll go in reverse order. So we'll start with Alex this time. Uh, yeah, I think John Moxley returning uh, in that promo was great. You know, he he looked good. He sounded good. Um, I'm happy to see him come back, um, you know, with everything that he's gone through. That's not easy to go through. And we, you know, I hope that he is good, not only physically, but also mentally as well, because we do say that these wrestlers put their bodies on the lines, but they also put their mental health on the lines as well. And uh, we advocate for mental health all the time when something bad happens to a wrestler so I just hope that he is well mentally in the ring outside of the ring as well uh and even in his match with on Rampage was really great against Ethan Page we all know that he was gonna win and that was a really good match as well but when he had that moment with Daniel Bryan Mm. it sold me it really really sold me because these are two very familiar wrestlers but we have not seen them in this environment in AEW like without the ball and chain, so to say. And we've seen Daniel Bryan put out tremendous matches within the past six months. He's only been with that company for six months and he's had amazing matches, dream matches with Kenny Omega, Minoru Suzuki, and Adam Page. And I think this is also another dream match with Bryan Danielson and 
John Moxley. These are two completely different wrestlers that we have not seen in a very long time. And they've evolved to the people that they are today in AEW. Uh, so I think maybe in the next pay-per-view for AEW, that is a really good lineup for him. But also John Moxley, he just came off a GCW win. He's retained the GCW championship. So there's big things, big things happen with Moxley, just not in AEW, but also within wrestling. In the future of wrestling. <laughs> I'm going to tweak the question a little bit for each person. Emilio, um, obviously the Daniel, uh, the Brian Danielson match is going to be bonkers. I think they were supposed to be in the finals of the AEW kind of title eliminator tournament before all this. Uh, you know, before he had to take so much needed time off and, and work through what he had to work through. Um, moving past Brian Danielson for a moment... What would you like to see AEW do with John Moxley long term? Are you interested in seeing him back in the title picture right now? Do you, would he make a good challenger, champion? Are there other sort of tantalizing matchups you can see for him beyond? I think the greatest thing about John Moxley is his ability to go up and down a card and never lose his value. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He is he is that type of performer that is universal. He can do anything, he can work anybody and It'll still have a big fight feel and, you know, you take a really great performer like Ethan Page and sometime in that match you think, well, wait a minute, could all ego really pull this out? Because there's a believability factor in anything that John Moxley likes to do and there's a, a big fight, real fight feel. If you watch Moxley matches, they don't go long because he wants to keep it in that shroud of realism where anybody can crack off anything. You get in a fist, an elbow, a knee, you put somebody to sleep, you know, because he's a combat sports guy. But that's just how he's been working since he started. You know, I mean, you could even go back to some of the stuff that he did with Brody Lee and CZW. You know, it's, it's just always been this frenetic type of at any moment the match can end. What I what I would like to see and we were just getting a taste of it is John Moxley and Eddie Kingston as AEW World Tag Mm -hmm. Team Champions. Because Mm -hmm. I think you give me a title run with those two dudes and let them really go. And you give them like the creative license to cut the promos the way they want. And to really, because everybody needs a good dance partner, right? And and how you do that. And how like Jurassic Express, they need somebody like hot to work. Why not work the best of the best in terms of Moxley and, and, and Kingston where they can really carry all the promos on mic? And then in the in-ring, everybody can share within the goodness because they're all top-tier competitors. So I would like to see that. I don't, I don't think John Moxley needs a, a secondary or a, a primary world championship right now. I don't even think he needs a tertiary, but I think it would be cool and it would add an interesting dynamic and it would be kind of dope to be like, okay, well, who could be the first AEW, uh, you know, triple threat or grand slam champion in the company's existence? I think that would be really cool. And I liked how AEW does their their title runs. Mm -hmm. Some of them are uh, the TNT championship could either go either way. It can be where it's a fight and something cracks off and somebody's brand new and they've held it for, let's say, 100 days or there's an interim champion or, you know, the world champion sometimes can go 300 days in Kenny Omega. 
I like that. And the tag team, they do it as well. But I would like to see John Moxley as a world tag team champion with, with Eddie Kingston. I like that. Simon, a uh, question for you. Brian Danielson coming off, in a sense, like one and a half losses to Hangman Adam Page because he was just on the verge of winning the first time. Who do you think needs this win more? John, this is sort of his comeback run right now. Brian Danielson, top-tier guy, but did lose in his first major feud. Who do you think needs to come out of this storyline with their hand raised? I think that's why it makes the feud so interesting, mm-hmm. because they're both in really interesting places. And as we know, AEW, nine times out of ten, will give you a finish. You know, they're not really into DQs. They're not really into crazy stuff like that. And that's why, I mean, obviously I loved it because it's Brian Danielson and John Moxley. But the other reason was instantly my brain went, well, how on earth do we, how do we, how do we put this together? Because you don't want to beat Brian Danielson too much because he is so good. And, you know, wins and losses, especially in AEW, do count. But John Moxley has just come back from this, well, life-affirming journey, I suppose, for lack of a better term. And you want to see him win, right? You want the end of that story to be like, oh, man, yeah, he got the good one. So I I think if you really break it down, you probably want to give it to John Moxley just because his story is so cemented in reality at the moment. And I think it would just make me feel good. Uh, But it's, it's wonderful because... The company has made it very clear, again, that they're going to make sure that people win and people lose. But in this instance, you won't actually get, you know, nobody will actually lose on the other side because they have ridiculous matches. I imagine they'll probably do like they did with Hangman. They'll extend it a little bit. Maybe we'll get two, maybe we'll get three. So maybe they do two to one. But even if it is John Moxley that gets that, you know, that third one. You know, Brian Danielson will then come back the next week and probably have a five-star classic with anybody on the roster. You're like, ah, who even cares? But yeah, it's the, you know, if we treat this right and we give it all the little nuances and all the little callbacks that, you know, geeks like me will really enjoy, it's just going to be so much fun. But I I think you want to give it to Mox, you know, Mox, uh, that promo he cut, I, I said it on Twitter and I still mean it, even though some people rolled their eyes at me. I think it was just one of the most important ones ever cut. And I don't mean because it changed wrestling or anything, but even if it speaks to one person who looks up to the man and thinks, oh, I'm going to change my life as well. You know, that's far more important than anything you can do in, in wrestling. I agree with that 100%. And the most important promos to me are always the ones that peel back that curtain and show the vulnerability of the person. And here you have somebody who always keeps his cards close to his heart and never really talks about anything. He's an extremely private person, but he's a sweet person and he has a very, very good heart. And, you know, um, giving an audience like that, that was silent and hanging on every word he said, that's amazing control. But there was a perspective into that. And he, and he highlighted in so many words without necessarily saying it, that you are not defined by your pain nor your past. And it is okay to lean on somebody and ask for help. You are not alone with what you do and you will come out of this. Like even, even if you think that there is no end in sight, I assure you that better days are ahead. And that is incredible to say without saying it as a cliche cheerleader, we're going to go and we're going to do this. The way he said it and the way he put it was in such a beautiful context that not only made it about himself, but he made it about others. And he semi blurred the lines of, is this really John good or is this John Moxley? And to me, me, that's a perfect promo. And props to AEW for just going, here you go. Here's the live mic. 
say what you say, Mm -hmm. go as long as you got to go, get everything off your chest. Yep. And welcome back to the fold. Incredible. Incredible promo. Look at that. What better note to end on than that one as we move on to the next topic. (laughs) How do you segue out of something like that? You just want to let it sink in. Um, Topic number three. Now, in in, in a lighter sense, speaking of people that need help, we kind of been hammering the WWE over the course of the Royal Rumble stuff about their inability to um, build up a lot of real contenders for this Royal Rumble. But that kind of speaks to the greater WWE storyline uh, product when it comes to Raw and SmackDown. They're not the only ones. You have AEW now with a really big roster. And it, although I applaud them for the job they do when it comes to rotating talent in and out, the reality is, and Tony Khan's admitted it in the sense that he's really scaling back on the uh, free agent signings, there's only so much room on television. What I'd like from each person is um, one WWE superstar and one AEW wrestler that need a little bit more love from the creative end. Simon, we'll start with you. Uh, well, in WWE, I'm always going to throw Ricochet in there because Ricochet, I mean, I sound like I'm his, I'm his marketing guy, but he does things that other people can't do, which is even more impressive in 2022 because we're living in the world of wrestling where everybody can do flippy dippy doodah stuff. Like I saw highlights of Brian Cage versus Will Ospreay the other day and you got Brian Cage flipping around the place. So, you know, we're living in those times, but still, when you watch a Ricochet match, you know, you'd have to be crazy not to go, you can do more with this guy. And I understand it. WWE has their playbook and they don't like to deviate too much from it. But when you have a dude like that on your roster, it's just time to have some fun. And much like the John Moxley promo with Ricochet, you just go, go out there and wrestle, man. You know, you do whatever you want to do. I think we've had three Sheamus versus Ricochet matches over the last three weeks or whatever it was. I was complaining and- to Alex about this before you guys got on the call. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, even though there's no story and, you know, it's, it's the law of diminishing returns, once you get to number three, you're going to be like, well, I'm getting... They still found a way to make it work. It's because Sheamus is really good. But, you know, Sheamus, uh, he's kind of like a legacy wrestler at the moment in the sense, you know, he's been the world champion. He's won a Royal Rumble. You know, we've given him the props that he absolutely deserves. And I still can't believe, you know, we haven't done that with Ricochet. I find it crazy. And on the AEW side, I'm going to kind of go a little bit left field, but I would like to see more from private party because mm. there was a time at the beginning, you know, and I get it. You know, once you, like you said, the roster was a bit thinner um, and we were trying to establish people. But when they got that win over the Young Bucks in that tournament, I was like, oh man, these guys are great. And I enjoyed their association with Matt Hardy. You know, I, I think that probably served them well and allowed them to get better away from the spotlight. But now, given how strong the AEW tag team division is, I would love for them to yeah, maybe distance themselves from the Hardy family office, excuse me, the Andrade Hardy family office. Oh. And uh, yeah, just, you know, be like the Young Bucks or be like uh, the Jurassic Express or FTI. You know, they're a unit. You can give them another manager if you want. I know that AEW likes doing that. But I, I really do think that th- those two have something. And I mean, the AEW's got tag team for days. But there's something there. And the sooner we get to it, yeah, the sooner I think we'll start to see it again. Alex. Uh, Yeah, so with the AEW side, uh, I'm going to flex my Joshi skills a little bit and say Emi Sakura. Uh, Emi Sakura is definitely, um, you know, 
she's she's a legend. She's a Joshi legend. She's been in the business for 20 plus years. She's had amazing matches with Miko Satomura and Asuka. Um, and I she's stuck in dark. And she had a great look coming in. She's the killer queen. And especially we've seen her uh, amazing, fantastic heel work even on the Joshi side of the tournament that they had last year with the women's tournament. And they sent away Lulu Pencil. They sent away uh, May Saruga. And that was more so visa terms. It's not so much AEW. But I think Emi Sakura is a great heel. I mean, there are other fantastic heels within that women's division, but she has what it takes to elevate women like Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill is now the TBS champion, uh, TBS champion, but you know, she, I think that she definitely needs more opponents under her belt. And I think that Emmy Sakura could give her fantastic matches. And Jade Cargill has had fantastic matches. We saw her main event, Rampage, and that was a really was a great match. match against, yeah, Maybe. with on with Anik Jay. And I feel like we have to put Emmy Sakura into that mix as well. Cause she can elevate these women just a little bit more um with the matchups and they're great matchups i mean everyone's doing a fantastic job from Britt baker all the way down to serena deeb but emmy sakura is a legend and uh i just it disappoints me a little bit to see her just stuck on aw dark i mean there's there's time there's time within rampage a little bit it's actually an hour but there's time within dynamite uh where we've seen matches and we've seen promos drag out and we see people like ah, maybe there should have been another women's match in here i don't know who knows get emmy sakura you know she's she's having a really great matchups on dark you can have those matchups on dynamite whether they're a minute two minutes five minutes who knows but Let's let's bump her up a little bit in AEW. Uh, with WWE, I'm gonna go with Cesaro because Cesaro, when you first saw Cesaro, you knew that there was potential for him to be WWE champion, and he has yet to hold a Universal Championship or the WWE Championship. It's been a while since he's held a singles title. They threw in a a tag title with him, and I think it was Shinsuke Nakamura. Very random. But even so, last WrestleMania, he had a fantastic match with Seth Rollins, and I thought that was going to bump him up more. And he's just somebody that is just wasted in this. And we we talked about it earlier, right? How there's probably no one else in that title scene or no one else that is potential or like worthy enough in terms of booking and marketing and characters and yada 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 for the Royal Rumble but Cesaro just has the look Mm -hmm. he has the skills he has the mic skills as well if you just throw him the mic with no script uh but I think that Cesaro definitely deserves much more respect Emilio. Oh, actually, before we get to you, Emilio, very quickly, guys, we will get to some Q&A. So if you have anything, please leave a super chat, leave a dollar, leave a thousand. I know SRS has his preference, but it's all good with me. Um, Emilio, go for it, man. All right. So my mind has been racing since we've been, you know, discussing this because there's so many that you you really want to pick. And I'm thinking in my head, do I go Damien Priest or Mustafa Ali? And you know, and it's crazy to think that you have to say, well, which one? Because both of them are are totally underutilized. Yes, Priest is the United States champion, but 
he hasn't really been doing anything, you know, needle moving in regards to, you know, elevating this championship or having a really solid foundation in regards to that, that career defining, you know, uh, match yet in regards to the, holding this title. And then Mustafa as well. It's like the guy can talk. He can play baby face. He can play heel. He could do it like seamlessly. He can go between the two. He's good looking. He, he could be a really good representation for Muslim culture. And it's just like, you know, he has all these tangibles to really be one of those guys that can do the media run and he can wrestle his ass off, you know, and you don't get to see that, you know, much like Ricochet, like Simon was saying. Um, so it's just, in, it's incredibly head scratching and frustrating at times because they have such an amazing wellspring of talent that they don't say, we're going to give you a shot and let's see where it goes. And we're going to put the work in for months. It, it's just always wishy-washy. Let's see where it goes real quick. And then we wash our hands of it. Um, on the AEW side, I would love to see powerhouse Will Hobbs go on a godly run because he is tall. He is strong. And what people don't pay attention to. And I think if you go back and you watch what Hobbs does is the nuance of like the facial expression, the body movement. There is this like air of narcissism to him. And you very rarely see him get off his feet, but when he does, it feels big, you know. Um, I also like the fact that everything is in an expression. To me, that's a telltale sign of a really good professional wrestler is when they have the tangible of really using the facial expression to their advantage. And plus, if you don't want him to speak, even though, like, he can, you have Ricky Starks. You have my brother in Pearl. Ricky Starks, and that is the most in, 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 one of the most important mouthpieces in AEW, and those two dudes are sh they should be doing more as well. So Hobbs and Ricky and uh, Mustafa and Damian Priest would be my two. I had to go a little extra because my mind oh, was racing okay. while everybody well, was let's talking. Let's very quickly <laughs> shout out the old school WWF logo. Is that a pin on your on your on your? Yeah, I some I forgot who gave this to me, and this is the first time I'm wearing this denim jacket in a very very long time. I was recently cleaning out my closet just to to like donate clothes, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, I have a denim jacket. I was gonna rebuy one. Never mind. <laughs> I like this one. Oh, the scratch logo pin. Cool. So whoever gave me this, I remember I got this at a wrestling event. And thank you. You're a peach. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll give mine very very quickly. Um, on the WWE side, I'm gonna. I mean, he was just WWE champion. But let's be honest, um, WWE has not done right by their black champions. They did not do right by Big E. They did not do right by Kofi Kingston. They did not do right by Bianca Belair. Naomi uh, as well. Naomi either. She's, yeah. Let's just let's just work. It, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be by WrestleMania. But let's just please. Also, why did Kofi lose to Madcap Moss? Let's just. I, I could go on about this for days. Let's just, let's just, I know King Woods is not injured. Let's just please start the healing process. And when you get back to a world title for Big E, make it count this time. That is my only wish. 
Agreed. Oh, I, I have so much yeah. like oh, viscosity towards that because ultimately he is my best friend in real life. And I, I you and Andreas what... Hale must be fighting over that honor. <laughs> oh, no, listen, me, this is a bromance. It's all right. Like we could be, we, we could be a, <laughs> yeah. what is it called? The thruple? We, a thruple. We, we, that's we the one. Thruple. We could be a bestie <laughs> thruple. It, it's, it's fine. We could be a bestie thruple. But um, I just want to touch upon E for a second, if I can. Yes, If please. I can. Um, I think what he did as WWE champion is nothing short of exceptional. Um, the brother speaks so eloquently and so articulately about topics that just don't revolve around the world of professional wrestling. Um, he really got into conversations about diversity on the breakfast club on power one Oh five in New York city. If you are on YouTube, do you Googles and watch that one? He's had amazing conversations with Andreas Hale. Our hero is rock is an amazing platform and educational tool. Um, so if you want, please go and support that. Mm. But in terms of what he did with media, with the championship, I think speaks volumes about how good we can reflect about his championship. Now, the matches and the work rate and all of that, he is he's phenomenal in the ring. And he looks like a if you were to make a wrestler out of a factory, it would be Big E. Uh, and he can cut the promos and he's entertaining. But his body of work outside of what he did on camera in WWE, just the media stuff alone, the goodwill tour. I think we will look back in five years and be like, his run was really exceptional because you don't get champions doing that. A lot of champions did not do the outpouring in media that he did, but he made sure that the short time that he had that platform, he was everywhere and he was speaking on things. What other champion is going to go there and to go there literally and talk about mindfulness and having problems with depression and anxiety like these are things that are are that are not shared and to me and again i know this is this is you know me waving the flag for my for my for my brother but i think that's really important and that's what you want in a champion like you want somebody that can do the goodwill inside and outside of the ring and he was perfect for it and they should really capitalize on that again yep. his, i'll second that as well yeah. his boxing crossovers Oh, were oh, yeah. so and let me tell you, you know, shout out to my colleagues over at CBS Sports. I know Brian Campbell's a huge pro wrestling fan. Luke Thomas is not, and even he was showering uh Big E in praise. Like he was doing so much good crossover content. Like you said, Breakfast Club, reaching hip hop markets, reaching black audiences, reaching man, Luke and Brian are as white can white can be. He was reaching all demos and he was doing a great job. When you could touch everybody mm-hmm. and and know every and know little things about everything. And listen, he he'll probably turn red if he ever saw this, and he'll probably humbly say, "No, I don't." Like, oh, stop! But like to really try to be, um, you know, just well versed in all these little things really shows like the person does their homework, and if they know they're gonna like, and he's passionate about college football, he's passionate about boxing and MMA. He's he's passionate about all these things, so. It's you have the perfect mouthpiece to go out there and represent your company in the most positive of ways. The power of positivity. Um, boom, boom. Uh, very quickly, Bing the bong. AEW and pa- Pac Man. Oh my god, I forget how much I love him. And every time he makes that walk, the grimace, the physique, the talent, the mic work, he is the total package. And you know, AEW had good intentions from the get-go with that win over Kenny Omega. And it's not all their fault. You know, the pandemic hit, 
It was hard to get him here state, uh, get him stateside. But now I worry we're never. He, he's got good feuds, Andrade, Malachi Black, but I'm afraid they will never really pull the trigger on Pac, and that's a shame because that guy is at the prime of his career, and genuinely, when he gets into that ring, there's nobody more captivating. Okay. Why do you think that is, though? Sorry. Why do you think that is? Why won't they pull the trigger on somebody that has all those tangibles? Because his whole career has been start-stop. I know. Well, I mean, I don't know the WWE ever really saw the value. I I think AEW does, but I just think there's so much going on right now between having to balance um, stars that have come in like Adam Cole, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, and then also show that you are about the future and giving opportunities to MJF and Sammy. Like, I don't really think Sammy needed that TNT belt. Um, And Darby Allin, I I just worry that he's in this space between... Uh, you know, WWE superstar and AEW talent and that AEW is going to put too much on the big name guys and their four pillars and that Pac's going to get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Like, I think he's always going to be in the upper mid card. He's going to flirt, but I'm afraid that they have too much at stake with their other guys to sort of give Pac that chance. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. Okay, guys, I totally forgot the ad I was supposed to play. So we're going to play it now very quickly. <laughs> you guys won't be able to hear this, but I'll fill you in after the fact. Uh, we're going to go to the man, Sean Ross Sapp, very, very quickly. Here's a fact for you. Everybody on this panel is cool, and they've all eaten cereal. You can't refute it. Cool, cool. You can't dispute it. It's true. It's a fact. You want to be cool, don't you? Well, eat some cereal, but eat Magic Spoon cereal, specifically with our code FIGHTFUL at checkout. Save $5 at magicspoon.com slash FIGHTFUL to save $5 off your order with all the flavors you love. Cookies and cream, maple waffle, frosted, fruity, peanut butter, cocoa, but... It's without all the carbs, the sugar, the unhealthy junk. It's got zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving, and only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. So you get the cereal that you've always loved, but without the guilt. Plus, you'll be cool. And that's important. Also, 100% money back guarantee that's cool i find that very cool if you don't like it for any reason like for instance if you call them up and you say hey i would like my money back i don't want to be cool they'll say well that's your business but here's your money back magicspoon.com slash fightful use that code fightful at checkout John Ross Sapp with the piercing blue eyes. Uh, it was a magic spoon read for you folks on the broadcast with me. He made a statement that said all your favorite panelists have had cereal before. And I know it's a shot in the dark, but can we prove him wrong? Has, some, has cereal somehow evaded anyone here? <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, I eat a lot of cereal. I like cereal. I don't like magic spoon. Yeah. Just to double up on the advert. Uh, well, I mean, Simon, we can tell that you're snacking on the protein cereals there. Um, <laughs> milk? Or cereal first, very quickly. I don't, Emilio. I don't need you to bust it, break this one down. I just need milk or cereal. What? What you put in the bowl first? first. Yeah. Cereal. Yeah, cereal first. Yeah. Alex. Cereal. Yes, that's yeah. the only answer. 
<laughs> hey, hey, we talked. Listen, we talked about the Twitter trolls earlier. There are some. There are some sick people in this world, and those people put the milk in first. Special place in hell for y'all. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. All right, to wrap up, we will go to the Q and A segment. Thank you guys so much, Simon, Alex, Emilio, for being so involved this far into the show. Uh, we're gonna go to J W Pringle first. The very generous 1999. And it's more just, it's actually wonderful. First, he's given some dark horse picks for the men's side. It's Braun Breaker, who uh, basically seems earmarked for just superstardom. Yep. On the women's yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on the women's end, Mickey James, which again, my, my, you're seeing me there. I need it to happen. Also, he says, take care of yourself. If you think you need help, please reach out. We love you and need you here with us. Beautiful. Amen. Amen to that. Very cool. Please. Very, um, very good message. All right. And over to Daniel R. He says, hi, all. Simon, you the man. You were one of the reasons <laughs> I got into wrestling. <laughs> Lucky you, Simon. Thoughts That's on Terminus fun. show and what they will bring long term. Any thoughts on Terminus? That's obvious. I like I, I like Terminus. Like I liked it anyway because, I mean, Gresham was doing it. So I was like, Gresham doesn't really muck around when it comes to wrestling. But then I saw the rules list and I was like, well, I'm in. Like, all I want from new promotions now is is for them to have, you know, it's not even quirky, you know, it's just old school, really. But yeah, I, just, I just want them to be able to showcase something different because there's so much wrestling right now. And I think we're privileged to have so much. But you always want something to offer a little bit different. It's why the NWA is cool to watch because it doesn't feel like anything else that you can tune into. So uh, I haven't seen all of the first Terminus show because, well, I need to sit down and, and find some time to watch it. But I did, I was able to see some highlights that people have put around. And yeah, I think they're bringing in some really cool talent. I know Leah Rush has just uh, signed up with them as well. But it's great when you sit down, you've got to learn what they're doing. What are the rules? What does this mean? What do you mean you can't, you know, hold the ropes? And I know that it's sort of, um, it kind of extends off the whole Ring of Honor Pure stuff, but that's fine. The Ring of Honor Pure stuff is excellent as well. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what they could do. I think they could really find some momentum. Um, I'll give this question just to whoever's first to kind of chomp at the bit here. I think it's safe to say, well, the wrestling industry appears to be in a very healthy place right now. It's not at what it was, you know, you know, late 90s, early 2000s attitude era in terms of just kind of overall viewership. Why is it? we're seeing so many promotions and so many promotions on various scales doing well. Because I think people want variety now. And I think that they see that there, there's more than just what's on television. I think a company like a GCW is the perfect example of you're going to get a little bit of everything for everybody. And I think what they did was, pretty freaking incredible that you can sell out the Hammerstein ballroom and not even announce one match. I think, you know, uh, Jonathan Gresham's terminus is really important as well because it shows like, Hey, I, and he won't admit this, but he was, you know, a huge factor in repopularizing pure wrestling in, you know, 2021 and 2022, where now people want to go and they want to see that. Or if you want to go see, you know, uh, women's wrestling, there's so much now that you can go out there and you can go see where I don't need it to be WWF and WCW anymore. And that's the only fix that I'm going to get. And then if I want to go to the bingo hall and ECW, I can do that. I think there's so much for everybody that you can go anywhere and whatever really floats your boat, you go there and you go find it. And, and it honestly is a universal thing. It is for everybody as corny as that sounds like there is something for you somewhere. Enjoy wrestling. If that is what you like, you go there and you go see it. Some of the best wrestling that they're doing, they have incredible visuals. Go, go see what they're doing. It kicks ass. Like do it. Just 
go find good stuff that you like. And I think that's why there's this uprising in, in promotions and a lot of promotions do well. Yeah. And also to add to that, I just think that there's just more platforms to access more wrestling as well. Like it's true. WWE has been dominating that market for decades upon decades even before we were born you know (laughs) but some of us but I think like now there is much more variety and a a lot of it does also have to do with the pandemic people had time people had time to research and and look uh look some things up that they wanted you know they had the time to check out AEW when they had the chance they had the time to check out GCW and there are a lot of promotions now that are uh that are easy to access you know with IWTV and also with some of that stuff being on fight uh fight TV like there's Joshi promotions on fight TV and especially with like Amelia was saying there's wrestling for everyone if you want LGBTQ wrestling there is a promotion not just a match but there is a promotion for you and that says a lot if you want more women's wrestling there are multiple promotions for you especially in the Joshi side I mean the standard of women's wrestling has always been Joshi and that's been the case for decades almost three or four decades the women in the Joshi side especially in AJW they have always been more dominant in the market of women's wrestling and I feel like now especially again since people have the time to research they're researching TJPW they're researching stardom they're they're going through ice ribbon and even with the exposure that AEW and WWE has uh with Asuka with Rio with Hikaru Shida like people are branching out but also including AEW in that conversation there are all of these wrestlers that are coming from different places that people are falling in love with, like Lee Morardi, like Daniel Garcia, and people are like, well, what are they doing? And it definitely helps when there are promotions that bring in Minoru Suzuki and they have him face off against Daniel Garcia, you know? So there's just something for everyone now. And I think that's the beauty with wrestling is that it's it's grown so much more past the Attitude Era. Um, and it's, it's developed, you know? You got to grow up sometimes. You know what I mean? And like, if anything, wrestling has gotten 10 times better than it was in the Attitude Era. One last super chat before we wrap up the show, because we have hit our timeline. A very quick one. Showering Simon Miller and more praise and showering us in dollar dollar bills, y'all. Five dollars to the nerd guru who says, Simon Miller on Fightful. I love the wrestling media multiverse. King of the up and downs. You rule a real positive vibe in the IWC. How do you respond to such kind words, Simon? it humbles me like it really really does and it always will do and i i I never get my head around it i always say the same thing and it's boring now but if you had told me you know when i was 13 years old watching raw on a friday night over here in the uk that this was going to be my job and people were going to say things like that i thought you were nuts so yeah i just massively appreciate it i know i have a stupid job but it's really fun (laughs) fightful community much much kinder than the people who find your email online Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we have reached the end of our show i'm gonna let everyone do their plugs before we uh wrap up simon please Please. yeah what culture wrestling make sure you check that out and if you need some kind of central hub simon miller 316 or 316 one may say on all social media and that would just sort of uh, send you off everywhere you need to go amazing alex ah yes 
Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, you can Roger. follow me on Twitter uh, at Queen of the Ring with two G's. Uh, also, you can follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Queen of the Ring. We've been watching Total Divas. We've been doing watch alongs on Smack with SmackDown and Rampage over there. And also, little little plug since we're talking about the Royal Rumble, I am going to be having a watch party on the with the Royal Rumble on my YouTube channel, so you can subscribe there, Queen of the Ring Wrestling. Uh, and yeah, we we have a good time. Amazing. Emilio. <laughs> uh, first off, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, Alex, you know, I, mm, I love you. you. You already know that. Simon, you're a beautiful bastard. I got to tell you that straight out. Uh, <laughs> you, Shaq, I, I love you too, man. You got a great smile. Very, very handsome. Thank you for inviting me onto this. It was really, really fun. Um, okay. So you can follow me Twitter and Instagram at Emilio Sparks, E-M-I-L-I-O-S-P-A-R-K-S wrestle rap all over the social medias as well download the podcast listen to it um talk and shop with gallows anderson rocky romero and also download renee paquette's oral sessions i also am doing something really really cool if you want to go to the tip thing on the inst- on the twitter and send some cash because i want to enter your name into a drawing to win an autographed intercontinental championship signed by damn near every single ic champion in the last 25 years now why am i doing this because i want to try to raise proceeds for saint jude's and i want to raise proceeds for the Brody lee legacy foundation the john huber legacy foundation so if you are a belt collector or you have never been a belt collector throw a couple of shekels it's a hundred dollars to enter and you, you know, you're going to win an incredible belt. I mean, John Moxley signed it. His blood's on the belt. So, hey, enjoy <laughs> it. You might get it. Uh, and all proceeds go to and all proceeds go to to help children in need and individuals chase their dreams in the John Huber Legacy Foundation. Again, thank you very much for joining me. And I appreciate you guys. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, as for me, guys, Shaq Fu on Twitter. That's a K. There's an underscore. Best place to follow me. If you're into pro wrestling interviews, please check out Shaq Wrestling on YouTube. That's the best place. Got stuff with Tony Khan, Malachi Black, uh, formerly Braun Strowman, now Adam Scher. Should have Kofi Kingston later this week. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus early next week. Killer Cross by the end of that week as well. If you like MMA, there's a small little MMA channel. It's just Shaq MMA. You can check that out too. All of my written stuff over at CBS Sports. Most importantly, guys, thank you to SRS and Fightful for hosting the Wrestling Roundtable. You can subscribe to them if you haven't. Just click that button right there. Notification bell. All that good stuff. One last time, Simon, Alex, Emilio, thank you for making my day. Thank you for being such wonderful panelists. Bid you all adieu. Until next time, I don't have a ca- I don't have a catchphrase. I just, you know, <laughs> enjoy the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Hell yeah! Bye. <laughs> This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.